Welcome to Beyond the Bell, lifestyle design for Canadian teachers, with your hosts, Anudra Pereira and Dan McMullen. Each episode, they will educate and empower you to leverage a fixed income and a growth mindset into the lifestyle you desire. Welcome to a brand new episode of Beyond the Bell, lifestyle design for Canadian teachers with your hosts, Dan McMullen and the amazing Anuja Pereira. Thank you. If you are here, you have made it to episode five, and we really hope that you are finding some value in what we're discussing and finding some ways to apply all the things we're talking about to your life. Um, And as you're listening right now, we want you to, to do us a bit of a favor and share it with at least one teacher in your life who might benefit from hearing what we're talking about um, on here. So please do that now as you got a moment, unless you're driving, then don't do it. Um, But second, we are looking for guests. And so if you or someone you know would make a fantastic guest on one of our future episodes, please reach out to us. And uh, our contact info is in all of the show notes. So we hope to hear from you. Anuja, in this episode, we're really excited to welcome our guest, Susan Sun. There is so much in her story that could be helpful to others. She digs into her experience with overcoming her fear of making her first real estate purchase and how finding those first successes fueled her to continue in her journey to increase financial freedom. Yeah, she is absolutely inspiring. And one other thing that really resonated with me is that she is absolutely an action taker, right? And despite those fears that she talks about, she was really willing to dive into new things. And she maintained what we love as teachers um, in our students is a growth mindset. And that has certainly contributed to her success. So let's get into it. Really excited to welcome our guest today, Susan Sun. Susan lives in Markham, Ontario with her husband and dog and are expecting their first child shortly. That's super exciting. She's been a teacher with the York Region District School Board since 2012. At the start of her teaching career, she always had additional income streams to supplement the starting salary of a teacher. As her career progressed, she began to look for additional streams of income to create the life she always envisioned. Susan got her real estate license during the pandemic in 2020 and has been utilizing that to create more financial freedom for her and her family. Welcome to the show, Susan. So excited to have you here. Hi, so nice. It's so lovely to be on the show, Dan and Anusha. Thanks for having me. Yeah, welcome, Susan. Thank you for being here. Susan, we have um, we have teachers from all over uh, the province and the country. Can you tell us uh, about where and what you teach? Yeah, for sure. Um, like you introduced me earlier, I've been teaching in Markham, Ontario since 2012. And uh, right now I teach a bit of everything. I'm the uh, department head for alternative education um, at a school of Markham and loving it. I uh, I was alt ed student success for a number of years. So we are no we are very similar in many ways, it seems. Wow. I did student success for four or five years before alt ed. Yeah. Uh, we'll chat later. <laughs> That's a different <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Definitely. Susan, you talked about when Dan introduced you, he really talked about how you started having additional streams of income even early on in your career, which is not always common. But why why would you even think that you got this full time gig in teaching? What makes you think at that point that you need to do more? 
Well, I think um, I was always that person who started working young. I got my first part-time job at McDonald's when I was 14, so grade <laughs> nine. And it was just, I felt like one of the wealthiest person in my school, you know, have, making that minimum wage, but being able to have the freedom to do what I wanted. And coming from a family where my parents were immigrants, we didn't have a lot of money, never wanted to feel like I wanted to rely on someone else. And so even when I first started teaching, um, yes, the salary wasn't bad, but I'm sure as all new teachers know we definitely start off you know not at the highest salary and with the um, cost of living increasing um i just felt like i needed something else um as well as teaching even though i really really loved it so i started out working in um, retail but not just like your conventional minimum wage it was all commission-based so for me that provided that like competitive edge and also motivating factor to work really really hard to um earn that additional income on top of like what i'm really passionate about which is like my day-to-day teaching job susan really curious about 2020 um you definitely felt uh we we were all the world was upside down we were in our pandemic and um you took some action there you you decided like hey i need to i need to dig into something i want something more and you went um you went and you you took your real estate license what steps like did you take in order to um, move forward with that like like maybe just walk us through sort of the start and then and how that evolved Oh, for sure. Um, I'll take you back to 2017. So I think in 2017, I was starting to make a little bit more money with uh, teaching as well as um, my side job. I had a really, really good friend who was in real estate and he was always like, you need to get in the market. You need to get in the market. And at that time, I was like, oh, I don't know if I can. I don't know if I can afford it. But um, he was a great friend and a great agent. And he helped me purchase my first investment property. And it was a condo in downtown Toronto. It was one of the scariest things I've ever done in my life because I poured my entire life saving into, you know, that transfer button to go into (laughs) the lawyer's office. And you're just like, what have I done? But because of that, um, I was able to get to where I am now, which is homeowner and, you know, being worry-free about where I am. And um, I saw that whole process and I thought it was really exciting. And in 2017, Anusha, I'm sure you remembered, it was when the real estate market was also really hot. It was bidding wars. It was offer nights, except we went into the office. Mm. So I got to see like firsthand having 10 people sitting in an office and speaking to the sellers one-on-one. So I don't know, that really excited me. So having that investment property, I held on to it for about four or five years. And um, yeah, my that one same friend who has since then gone to open his own brokerage, he was just like, you need to do this, you need to do this. You're still working like in retail and making really good commissions and why don't you do real estate? So I did and in 2020, I uh, signed on with Humber Real Estate and it was an all online course. So for any teachers out there who want to do it, it's really easy. I think from beginning to end, it took me six months mm-hmm. while working and teaching full time. It was all, you know, we're all, independent learners and professionals who can manage our time and that's what I did so really really great experience I find it so interesting Susan about your story that you had a history in commission-based sales because (laughs) you know one of the things that is true about teaching is that you know no matter how how hard you work how many clubs you coach or teach, you know, advise and teams you coach. And no matter what time you're there till like, we all go home, we're capped. Right. And uh, we all go home with that same sort of base salary based on our years of experience. So did you find that you were a good fit for commission-based sales? Cause now obviously that's what you're doing in real estate as well. 
So you're absolutely right. Um, I still do clubs and I still do events because I love it because we know that's what makes teaching fun Mm -hmm. because it's beyond just the classroom, right? But you're right. You go home and you make the same amount of money as that person who left at like 2.35 p.m. But um, I do feel like I am a good fit for commission-based job because I've been doing this since I was 18 years old. Mm -hmm. So I worked in retail, I think until I was 30. So um, 12 years, 12 years of retails. And I was always, um, not not to brag, this is going to sound terrible, but I was always like top one or two within the uh, store, within the district. And I felt like it was just exciting because and you, I'm sure, you know, you, you help a client, you, you, you make them, you know, get what they wanted, whether it's a bag or a house. But at the end of it all, you know that, hey, my hard work is now going to give something to me in return. Yeah. And that translates into more financial freedom for yourself right and we're all for bragging here on beyond the bell just you know (laughs) it's not called bragging it's called you know inspiring others right i think Mm -hmm. there is a huge disservice we do by keeping these conversations behind closed doors you know for me it was considered really taboo and rude to talk about money when i was growing up and it held me back and so dan and i really want to encourage teachers to start having these conversations talk numbers like there's nothing wrong. It doesn't make us greedy. It makes us, you know, trying to aim for what the end goal is, which is designing our life the way we want it and having the freedom to do that because it's not about the numbers it's about for for me anyway and I think Dan I can speak for him as well it's about creating the life that we want and having that option and so you you kill it girl you know right one top one two percent like keep going right it's fantastic just have this conversation today with um, with some colleagues at school and just going through and saying hey what is what does retirement look like what what are the numbers when when do you want to and there's just there's so many people who are just not clear and don't know what their pension numbers are and it's just so important that we empower teachers uh, to dive into this stuff moving forward yeah absolutely um, Susan, just looking at like successes, like what, what do you think is the driving factor on, on why you've been so successful? Like if you were to put characteristics, is it hard work? Is it, um, you know, what, what is it really that's driven you to lead to your success? Um, I think it's one, this is going to sound silly, but I grew up in an East Asian family and it's like the fear of disappointing yourself and disappointing others, which is like a little bit of a plus, a little bit of anxiety and that like overachieverness, you just want to do the best you possibly can. And also like, I'm that type A personality who, when I say I'm going to do something, I get it done right away. And I find that my clients have really appreciated that in multiple circumstances where I've helped them, whether it's with the lease or the sale of a house or purchase of a house, they're like, I want to do this. I'm like literally texting the seller or the buyer, the person like, right away we just um i just helped a couple um a young couple buy their first house and it was like the first day on the market they wanted it so i called the listing agent like on my way home we got the offer put together within 30 minutes and we put a bully offer in at like 10 p.m within 11 59 p.m PM irrevocable. I kept him up all night. He was not impressed, but we got the house and my clients were happy. And I know that like just being very hungry and doing something when you say you're going to do and going above and beyond that and rushing for your clients is a key to success. What I'm hearing is total action taker. Like you just, like you, you just, you, you recognize like, here's my opportunity. I need to move forward. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, you know, everything doesn't need to be perfect, but I know I need to move forward. And, and I love that. I think more of our listeners need to do that. It's like, there's no perfect time. Start taking action, surround yourself with amazing people and you will figure it out. Yeah. 
So I want to dig in a little bit um, to when you bought, like we talked a bit about your your career now and, and the dual career that you have, right? But going back to 2017, you talked about being terrified, right? You talked about being terrified of making this large investment. And obviously you put a lot of financial, um, you put a lot of money into it, you know, a lot of time, energy. What, what do you think was the biggest challenge? Like you've talked about how it worked. You obviously sold four years later, made some, made some money, which is great. That's helped you fund, you know, your new home. But can you talk about a bit of the challenges and, and besides the stress, was there anything that you ran into that felt a bit like a hurdle to you? Um, I think in 2017, um, I didn't know too, too much about real estate. And I think that's with a lot of people. Mm -hmm. It's the lack of transparency. You don't really know what's going on. And I mean, like, even now, I think Korea was talking about the whole like blind bidding and how they want to put in more transparency with that. So it's the lack of knowledge. And number two, it's, I think that essential fear, right? Like, am I buying at the like peak of the market is it going to be lower tomorrow and you know what i did i bought at the peak of the market <laughs> yeah. because you know everybody reads the same news articles they're like oh yeah it's going hot so then everybody jumps in and then in 2018 the market went down but real estate for me i feel like it's a mid to long-term game and if you hold at the end of it all you have a piece of asset you got in the biggest mistake is just being afraid and not jumping in yeah do you wish you had done it sooner Oh, 100%. And I'm just like, oh my God, when I was like in high school and university, I made so much money. I'm like, what did I do with it all? Like back then properties were so cheap. And if someone had like kicked my butt and if my parents were more, you know, risk takers and they would be Mm. like, okay, take your 70,000 and go buy yourself a pre-construction condo. I feel like life would be you know, slightly different, a little bit better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, um, it's interesting. Cause you're talking about one of the things that really holds people back, which is buying at peak of market and you did. And yet I'm going to, I'm going to wager that you still made money a few years later. I made a ton of money. I'll <laughs> tell you, like we talk about return on investment, right? Like, um, obviously return on investment. I think I came ahead like 200%. Wow. And just what I put into it yeah. because I was able to find a tenant. Um, and another thing is when people think about investment properties, they think about always like cash flowing. Sometimes you will and sometimes you won't. But ultimately, you are still building equity in an asset that you wouldn't have otherwise have had. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And the concept of cash flow really, um, you know, the idea that just for listeners who don't know, right, that that you're all your expenses are covered by the rental income, right? And that is very difficult in in the GTA these days. But when you look at things like your mortgage being paid down or, you know, the appreciation that you can expect in the GTA, um, even without cash flowing, which is what I think you're saying, you can still do very well, right? And uh, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. There was a year or two I definitely didn't cash flow, maybe broke even, but at the end of it, I think I came ahead. Yeah. Very happy with that investment. I think a thing that holds a lot of people back as well that people have told me is that like I don't know how to find tenants I don't know how to be a landlord like did you have that experience or did you feel really good so I had zero clues about anything to do with home buying I think I think it was one day I drove by my high school and right across from it we have a very thriving condo community and there was a pre-construction sales center I was like oh I'm just gonna go in and take a look and then I was overwhelmed by the amount of people with their fingers on a floor plan because in 2017 that's how it was I'm like I can't do this that's when I called my friend and he was like don't worry like I got you and it's finding someone you trust 
and for me, like I, it's terrible. Like I don't listen to a lot of resources. I don't read too many books, but I find it's talking to people who've done it, someone that you trust and to get that information firsthand is what was really helpful. Cause he, he guided me through it. My first tenant, he was so sweet. He's like, I'm not going to charge you a commission to find you a tenant. I'll show you how to do it yourself. Mm. So I found my first tenant all by myself. He provided me all the tools and you know what? It wasn't that hard. Mm. That's awesome. Teaching you how to fish instead of giving you the fish, I guess, right? Exactly. Yeah. exactly. Maybe he just didn't want to deal with it because he's like, ugh, I would make like $4 on this. <laughs> I love hearing about. Um, I love hearing about sort of the after fact. So you've you've taken action. You've uh, jumped into real estate. You've created passive income. And what kind of lifestyle um, have you created or are hoping to create uh, from um, your ventures and what you've been doing? Um, you know what? Like right now, I would say my husband and I we're, we're quite comfortable. Right now, we're still doing come no kid, but that's going to change soon. We have our dog, but I would consider ourselves very lucky. He also made some very smart decisions at a young age. Like he was always a diligent saver, and he made the right choice to purchase properties when he did. But we're a young thirty-something-year-old couple, like who came from not so wealthy families, and we moved to like Thornhill, Markham, Ontario, and bought our detached house. And we don't worry about going vacation we don't worry about you know not being able to afford things we purchasing a new car and getting things ready for our future child and so i'm fairly happy where we are but the next step is like you know in the next 5 10 20 years we're hoping to you know get back into the investment game using the fact that i have you know the insider knowledge like right now i'm actively trading but at the same time i just find it really interesting to keep an eye on what's going on in the market like where my in-laws live where my friends live where my future sorry past clients um, have purchased right so to always find opportunities and in a few years get back into it maybe retire early buy a house for a future child <laughs> because who knows if they can afford to buy a house in 20 years <laughs> it, it's so amazing the freedom that that creates right like it allows you to have the ability to make decisions if you want to continue to, uh, teaching you absolutely can if you uh, you know if you work for 15 years in your position you're like you know what i want to transition to something else or my growing family needs more attention then it just gives you options moving forward which is um certainly a luxury yeah one thing you said, Susan, that I'm going to counter a little bit, if you'll allow me, <laughs> is that you said we're really lucky, you know, and I think changing that language is so important for me because you just told me that uh, in the same breath, actually, that your husband made very diligent. He was a diligent saver and he made good financial decisions. Like, I think some of this can be learned, right? You, you know, I, I was lucky in some ways. My parents helped me through school and like we, we're all in different positions. But I think despite all that, when all the chips fall and we're looking at where we are today, it's not luck that's holding people back necessarily. It's the work. Right. And so I'm going to I'm going to take you on, up on that <laughs> on that comment, if that's OK. You know what? I appreciate you saying that because I have coworkers who were in the same position I was back in 2017. I'll never forget. Had a conversation with her. She was telling me how crazy I was paying what I did for my condo. She's like, "No, I'm just gonna wait." Mm -hmm. And to this day, she's still renting. Yeah, yeah. And it's a, uh, you know, and and I don't blame people for it. I think mm -hmm. these are either self-limiting beliefs or things we've been taught. And you know, I grew up in a South Asian household where risk was, you know 
risk was bad. Debt was bad. Owing, owing money was bad. And so those are learned things, but I think they can equally be unlearned. And you are a great example of that, of how despite that not being the MO in your family, that you were able to take those risks and, and, um, and are benefiting. And I think, you know, just like you said, even buying at peak, you can still make money. Cause I think there's a lot of people who are like, well, if I'd done it in 2017, maybe it would have been a good idea, but now it's too late. It's too late. It's too late. And, and you and I, and all three of us all very well know, right. It's, it's not. So, um, so yeah, taking away the luck and taking action, I think is what you did, which is great. Um, we were talking a bit about lifestyle and I want to just think about how you as a teacher, like your department head, you work with students all the time. How has two things, I guess, how has your, have your skills in teaching helped you in the other things that you've been doing? And also how does, you know, real estate or investing sort of fit with the lifestyle of, of a teacher for you? Okay. I'm going to avoid using that word luck. I was going to say, I'm so lucky that I'm a teacher. No, it's not luck. It's, it's my chosen career, but I'm fortunate. It is in the sense that teaching um, gives us the summers, the um, hall, the weekends off. And I've been teaching long enough that... Um, 10 years that um, I'm comfortable in my subjects. And uh, I feel like just a lot of the transferable skills is that like, I sometimes see students, it's almost like they're clients too, right? You have to cater to their very unique needs, especially, you know, Anuja in student success and personalized alternative education. Every kid is so unique and so different. You have to figure out what they need to be successful to help them. And that's the same thing with clients. I've never met two people with the same needs and they are all incredibly needy in their own way. So I think every teacher already has the skills to number one, be a great presenter of information. Number two, to be able to analyze and dissect information in an effective way to people. And number three, knowing the needs of your learners or clients to be successful in real estate. Yeah, awesome. So good. There's so many good, um, good nuggets in there. Good tidbits. It's it's so exciting just to hear people excited for for all and, and what they're doing. I really like this part of the episode when we talk about um, lifestyle and we talk about goal setting. Um, Anuj and I on previous episodes have shared sort of our 20 year goals our 10 year goals, our five year goals. We really think it's important to have these, um, you know, these marks on a map of where we're going and try to um, achieve that destination. So Susan, would you mind sharing maybe what you might envision yourself in five years, 10 years, and perhaps 20 years? For sure. I mean, I'm going on Matley soon. Um, right now, we, my husband and I, again, bought our house <laughs> during the peak in 2021. However, we also sold some of our properties during 2021, and I made some good money in real estate in 2021. So it all became, you know, a wash, and we spend a ton of time renovating. So that drained quite a bit of our, like, nest egg, quote unquote. So I think in the next five years, um, with our growing family, we really like to utilize um, real estate as means to build that up again right to have that comfort that security and that more freedom to um do the things we want i may consider doing a six over seven i mean taking a year off and focus a bit more on real estate because granted like while you're teaching full-time it's it's difficult to focus on like getting clients i'm kind of just 
like living on past referrals and people that I know. And I think in five years, that's what I'm sort of seeing. In 10 years, we're really hoping to build up um, like a real estate investment portfolio. I'm really excited to do that. And I'm lucky that I have um, a partner who is supportive of that. We want to really get back into it because I'm always seeing like, oh, this would be a good opportunity. This would be a good opportunity. But right now, we're not so much into taking that risk yet, again, with our family. But in 10 years, definitely. In 20 years, this is where, you know, hopefully I have houses for my child. <laughs> <laughs> or children maybe <laughs> or, we'll see exactly right and so ultimately is just being able to also retire early that is my husband's dream I, i'm okay i like working but he is dying he's like oh i want to retire early <laughs> or maybe change or maybe having the ability to change what right. he's doing and and you know transfer into something else a different mm-hmm. different stream something that energizes that hit that hit at his mm-hmm point in his career. Anuja, did you want to um, take this away, uh, sort of our last segment here? Yeah, I, uh, Susan, we always want to ask people, I mean, not every teacher listening is primed to be a realtor or, you know, to, to do specifically what you've done. But for someone who is listening, they, they obviously want to change. What, what would you tell them if they're hesitant or unsure? What's one piece of advice that you could give them? don't be scared. Like what is the worst that can happen? You have one of the most like secure jobs in the country. And clearly if you're listening to this, you want to do something different, just go try it. What, what is the harm, right? It just pretend like if it requires a little bit of investment, pretend you bought a lottery ticket. There's a good chance you'll hit into something you really like. Not only will you get financial gains, but a different interest, right? I have colleagues who are very into TikTok and um, like they're, monetizing that they're getting sponsorships they're creating like content for local businesses so it's not just real estate but it's just all sorts of different things that you can take a hobby and turn that into something that can bring you additional source of income what's the harm yeah that's amazing um good advice um by susan sun susan thank you so much for being here really appreciate it and uh, i'm sure there's lots that people will take away from this episode Thanks, Susan. Perfect. All right. Thank you for having me, Dan and Nusha. All right. And good luck with baby. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. All right. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on Beyond the Bell. Please make sure to like, subscribe, and leave a review so we can improve the show and help more teachers benefit from an intentionally designed lifestyle. We really enjoy connecting with our listeners, so please reach out to us. We hope that we have inspired you to continue your journey on leveraging up your lifestyle.